Hey friends, it's Kylie and you're listening to the And Live podcast, the story of how I ended my life and started a new one. Welcome back to the And Live podcast and welcome to 2024, she says, as we are literally already two weeks in. Now, I don't know if this is going to be interesting to anyone but me, but I've been operating in reflection mode these past few months and we've really been cruising down nostalgia lane over here on this podcast. And truly, I need you guys to know that I do not live in the past anymore. I just had to start the story somewhere, and what better place than at the beginning? I had a memory pop up the other day of the 2021 version of Kylie. I was driving to work with the windows down, singing my heart out, clearly feeling myself since I had lost about 25 pounds that first year after the breakup. And as I was watching this video, it hit me like, damn, she thought she was happy then. Which I was, at least to the furthest extent that I had ever known but I had no idea of all the magic waiting for me. And please, I hope somewhere in the universe that future Kylie is saying that same thing about the current Kylie as I'm reading this. So anyway, I want to come back to the present for just a moment to touch on the version of myself that exists now. But instead of being all motivated and goal-oriented and gung-ho for the new year, I want to take a second to go over what went right in 2023 and to love on the person who went through it all before asking myself to do better in 2024. So here's everything good that happened to me in 2023, in case one day I forget. And I hope you bear with me, because I have a point. But I obviously have to start the list with Kevin and Karen, who prevented me from being literally homeless on the streets of San Diego last year, in January, when my van broke down. And then the Baja Bestie Caravan went down to Mexico for the winter, and Escapar under the stars with Flannel Guy, and the Cuddle Puddle on the roof of my van, the Super Bowl, and the Beach Bunker BJ, the waterfall, La Tuna y La Fuente and La Ventana, Cactus Boudoir, snorkeling with sea lions and the 10-day date, Mario Kart Road, Cerritos Beach Dogs, helpful strangers, and that aha moment of, wow, I'm so glad I didn't miss out on this part of my life, karate chopping a wooden plank in half, Las Tres Amigas, rooftop hummus, rooftop hammocks, scubaha diving, Laren's wedding, Caden's wedding, the final sunrise, Hawaii, and playing games with the siblings, always, 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 Ivan's and friends, grandpa's writing desk, Bryce Canyon on a Tuesday, Palisades Mad Libs, Happy Pants, the community cow conversation on Rebecca's big brown deck, mango tea in the Colorado mountains, Granby Burgers, Tabernash, s'mores with Keebler fudge stripe cookies, fuzzy tacos, the photo shoot with Nicole, Canva, That one week with Michelle, bathtubs, carpet walking and launching the Anlove podcast, cowboys and fudgesicles, salad dinners, swimming pools in November, my concert cowgirl boots featuring Zach Bryan and Jordan Davis, U2 and the Sphere times two, skydiving, Karma is the guy on the Chiefs, Wilma, Remy Cube, Flamingos, decorating for Christmas three times, heating pads, Amazon deliveries, And absolutely, without question, of course, of course, of course, Charlie, the adventure dog. Now, I don't say any of that to brag. Of course, there were some pretty awful things that happened to me last year, too, which was just like, you know, all of the usual van life lows that come with the lifestyle, like pooping in your literal kitchen and having to find public bathrooms to dump out your own urine and only sometimes spilling on your shoes, getting stuck everywhere you go because you bought a ProMaster breaking down eight times because you brought a ProMaster, as well as transmission issues, daddy issues, expectations and commitment phobes, cocaine friends, choosing poor company over no company, 
the aftermath of suicide, and just constantly living under the dark cloud that is financial insecurity. But regardless of all of that, I am choosing to look on and live in the bright side. They say it takes three positive interactions to outweigh a negative one because the brain is basically like Velcro for negative experiences, but Teflon for positive ones. This is called negativity bias, which is a fancy way of saying that the brain has a special way of paying more attention to bad things than good things. It's like a built-in feature that makes you notice and remember negative stuff more easily. And this happens because a long, long time ago, our ancestors needed to be on constant alert for dangers like predators or harmful situations. So our brains got really good at noticing and remembering anything harmful or risky in order to survive. This negativity bias, as we call it, means the bad things, like a mean comment from the stranger on the internet, can have a stronger effect on how we feel and remember things than the good things, like a compliment from someone you love. Our brains give more weight to negative stuff because the brain is wired for survival, not for happiness. And it takes active work to see the good, appreciate it while it's there, and thank it for visiting once it's gone. When you intentionally focus on the good, you amplify its presence in your life. But you've got to train your mind to look for the joy so that when 15 terrible things happen to you this year, you're able to recognize the 45 plus other good things that also existed in your life. I could sit here like all the other self-help gurus and tell you to start meditating or a gratitude journal, and they're not wrong. They might be onto something. However, you can't start running before you learn to walk. So an easier place to start is by becoming aware of every time those pesky negative thoughts pop up and challenging them. In fact, I like to invite them to come out from the depths of the subconscious and enter the boxing ring that is the thinking mind with two questions in my back pockets. When this negative thought enters the arena, you whip out the first question. Is that true? And if it's a silly little sticky thought that just likes to come up because it was one day programmed back there, then it's easy to get rid of. Like, let's say you made a harmless mistake and you spilled a little bit of milk while having breakfast and your first thought was total failure. Now that one is easy to argue away by asking yourself, hey, is that true? And you might find that no, spilling milk doesn't automatically make you a total failure because look at the fancy table you were able to afford to spill it on because of all the success you've had at the job you worked hard at. But let's say the next negative thought has some truth to it. And now this one is solid and mean, ugly, and maybe might actually have some validity to it among the certain circumstances. And so fine, we must accept that negative thought has some truth. But fear not, you can still win this fight by asking, what else is true about the situation? And from there, your mind is free to look at all the other things surrounding you instead of focusing so much on the problem at hand. So yes, it could be true that you have a crappy nine to five job. And it's true that you have a reliable source of income you can count on every two weeks. And yes, maybe it's true that you are painfully single and your biological clock is ticking away with every passing moment. And it's true that you have so much freedom right now to explore anything your heart desires. And yes, it might be true. Maybe you have more weight around your belly than you'd like. And yes, it's true that you are still able to move around freely in a body with working arms and legs. And if you're like me back in July, it could be true that you are houseless and carless and putting all of your life savings on the line for a vehicle that breaks down every single month. But it's also true that you have the ability to call upon and live with your true friends who are willing to help you at a moment's notice without needing to be paid back in return. Two true things can exist at the same time, and you get to pick which one you focus on. You can be missing the person and not wanting them back. You can be glad that it's over and happy that it happened. 
grateful you got the experience, and never wish to go back to that place. Now, it might be easy to look at my highlight reel of 2023 and think, sure, how easy it for her to be happy under those circumstances. But if you don't believe in magic, you are never going to see it in your own life. Do you remember that age-old question of which came first, the chicken or the egg? Now, I'm not sure that we'll ever know the answer to that question, but why not be the chicken? Just like you have to believe in Tinkerbell in order to make her fly, instead of thinking, I'll believe it when I see it. What if you only see it as soon as you start to believe it? And what's the harm in believing that there's magic out there for you too? If the worst case scenario is what? That you're wrong? But the best case scenario is that you get to experience all of this magic? Now, you can live your life like nothing is magic or like everything is. But if you don't romanticize your life, who will? And I don't know about y'all, but I think there's magic all around us. And yes, I know there is Googleable explanations for all of these things, but you'll never be able to convince me that the way that boats don't sink and gigantic hunks of metal can fly through the sky simply isn't magic. Also, what about texting? How does a picture that I have on my phone end up flying through the radio waves of the sky in a million little microbits and then land on your phone in a matter of seconds? Magic. That's how. You've got to believe in the magic in order to see it. But when you know how to look, you'll know exactly where to find it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Don't be a stranger and join the community. Please like, follow, subscribe, and all the things I'm supposed to say here. You guys know what to do. See you next week.